You know what that sound means. That sound means it's time for a game for a movie where we ask, are you game for a movie? I am your host, Mike Butek. I am joined by... Andre. Jill. Mitchell. Nice. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 26. Mm. Uh, it's it's crazy we've made it this far. Yeah. It's true. It's great. It's good to be here with you. Yes. Uh, we, it took us 26 episodes, but we launched a Twitter actually mm. um and if you'd like to follow us at game for a movie p1 on twitter um there's lots of great podcasts that we're tweeting about as well as our own of course um special shout out to the insanely dangerous retro pod show they're awesome they talk about 80s stuff they uh have been one of our number one fans because they've listened to our show about killer sofa <laughs> and then decided to watch killer sofa we did yes oh i yep. have to listen follow up on yes. that so they are fantastic also a special shout out to my boy adam uh you guys know adam do you know adam you don't know adam you oh, know i adam. know adam yeah you know adam i do uh, so Adam was texting me and he was saying, thank you guys for the podcast. I was like, wait, what? He goes, yeah, I was doing stuff around the house and I listened to five episodes straight. Damn. That's and a lot of our voice super in a fan. row. I could not imagine listening to five <laughs> episodes of ours in a row. Yeah. So shout out to Adam when you hear this. Um, what are we drinking? Ooh, right. Uh, all right. So should we just go around the table? I have the double dry hop Fort Point Pale Ale from Trillium Brewing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Fort Point? Fort Point. Okay, Fort Point. Yes. Nice. I am drinking This is Mrs. Ridiculous, a sour ale brewed with grapes and aged in French oak barrels from Dogfish Head. Love Dogfish Head. Uh, Mitchell, what do you got over there? You know, because I... I'm refusing to believe that it's winter and that it was actually snowing outside when I ran today. I wanted to get something that reminded me of summer, so I pulled out a little something hazy by Lagunitas. Lagunitas. And it's one of my favorite summertime beers. Nice. And I'm very happy that it was still available even during December. There you go. All right. And I got a Three Floyds Barbarian Haze IPA from Three Floyds. Ooh. Uh, and they are the best brewery, in my opinion. Literally one of the best. Uh, they are in Indiana. And they are delicious. Uh, so that will bring us to the actual meat of the program. Okay. Christmas meat. Christmas, Christmas ham. Me- Christmas, Christmas ham. ham. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to the Christmas movies later. But, Andre, start us off with what you watched uh, and I guess when you watched it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, all right. Some preamble on this for the reasoning, right? So nothing says Christmas like cyberpunk, right? And there's this big, huge-ass game that came out called Cyberpunk 2077, and uh, it came out, it came Never out pretty hot. I no, know. Just in case you've been living under a rock. Uh, yeah, this game was supposed to be very, it was very hyped, uh, it came out, and it's definitely not finished, doesn't run on PS4 or Xbox One, so uh, that's bad, but this isn't a video game podcast, this is a movie podcast. Uh, so uh, I was left with a giant cyberpunk-shaped hole in my heart, and so I turned to Joe, and I was like, Joe, I need to watch a cyberpunk movie, and we kind of went down the list. Of like, okay, we could watch Blade Runner, we could watch Akira, we could watch Ghost of the Shell. We could and watch Matrix. We could watch the Matrix. Um, and, I mean, this is the one we landed on because, like, you know, yeah, I don't know. I just, I felt like watching some good old, good old-fashioned cyberpunk anime. Yeah. So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a challenge flag. Is Matrix cyberpunk? I so know. it's tough, I right? I would not say, I would not call that it's cyberpunk. Because, yeah. because it's, so the parts that are in the future are yeah. all, that's like, that's just post-apocalyptic. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not dudes walking around with enhanced well, cyber limbs or whatever. What about the, I mean, I agree, like, the world within the world. So not the actual reality in which So you're saying the Matrix? 
the inside the matrix specifically it's, the club it's, scenes. it's too it's too modern day you know yeah. what i mean like in 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 um in the matrix the, the 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 ruse is supposed to be that's supposed to be 1999 new york city you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's not people aren't walking around in the future it's not 2050 or whatever you know i will say that okay. now having watched the film we've watched i really want to watch the matrix again yes right oh, so it's go. no it, it's no secret so this is so we're talking about ghost of shell the 1995 ova original video animation um, this, this, this movie is like a classic. It's one of like the first five, like whenever somebody's getting into anime, that's like one of the first five names you rattle off along with Akira. Um, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Neon Genesis. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's in that kind of like level of classic anime. Um, and this kind of provided the blueprint for most like near future cyberpunk stories. Uh, most notably, even though it's not cyberpunk, the Wachowski siblings, they watched this movie and they were kind of, they, they use the, they use that movie kind of as a blueprint for the matrix. You can see okay. a lot yeah. of similarities. Yeah. So if you're a big fan of the matrix, highly recommend watching this movie just yeah. as kind of like seeing the progenesis of it. Almost. And you'll also notice that Carrie Ann Moss looks shockingly That's true. like the main character. Like the main character, from... the major. Okay, yeah. Yes. The major. Yeah. So I guess high level plot synopsis is that this is uh this is this movie takes place in a near future Tokyo uh, where technology has advanced to the point where we've kind of cracked the code in terms of like cybernetic enhancements. Um, we can also transfer consciousness, like human consciousness called ghosts in this world. Uh, to other bodies, hence Ghost in the oh, Shell. Okay. So our main character, she is a police force major. She has a cybernetic body. Um, so like she just has basically this whole entire like the opening scene is her jumping from a tower and using active camo and doing like a political assassination on somebody. Oh. Um, so it, this movie you is... Know, as you do. Right. So, you know, I went into this movie, I watched this like probably like, maybe 15-ish years ago because I was getting into anime and I was like, right. oh man, I'll watch this like thinking, oh, it's going to be action-packed, like, you know, yeah, yeah like robot sci-fi action. This movie is very, it's very much a slow burn and it's okay. oddly paced, I would say. Okay. Because uh, it's based directly off of a manga, which definitely like that's not, doesn't translate directly to like a, f- a normal five-act structure for a film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... All it is to all it is to say is that like this movie, the main things that are going for it is the visuals. It's what absolutely beautiful. What's up? It's typically a three act structure. A lot of anime and Japanese um, story structure is defined as four typically. Um, but anyway, you could definitely split it up into five. But a lot of people like to say three yeah. in American yeah. storytelling. Okay, I just watched Fair the whole thing on different story structure for. Uh... Whiplash and the and Black Swan. Yeah, oh. I'll share that link to that. There's nothing. Lessons from the anything. screenplay. Class, great, great YouTube channel. To check yeah. out. He's he's awesome. Anyways, okay. um, where was I? Oh yeah. So I mean, yeah. The 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 biggest thing about this movie is that it's visually extremely striking. Um, the animation still looks great. I think I was reading up on a little bit. It's not all two D hand animation. It did a combination of digital animation. Uh, with cell shading and so, uh, yeah, I need to look into it more. But anyways, um, like you can obviously tell that a lot of they spent a lot of time on the mechanical designs of all of these cybernetic limbs, all of these automated machines. Uh, this world just immediately draws you in. I would say that just if you watch anything from this movie, it's either watch the opening credit scene. Um, you you can definitely see how um, it, it definitely reminds me a lot of Westworld specifically. Like Westworld okay. definitely took yeah. a lot. Yeah, from, okay. I said that last night. Yes, right. Like you immediately oh, still like it feels like Westworld. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's also one of my favorite, uh, sections of this movie is just in the middle of it where we just, no, no plot happens. It's just a long drawn out, uh, like different cuts of 
Neo, I don't think it's called Neo Tokyo, but this new version of Tokyo, okay. which they model after Hong Kong. It's this futuristic city, but it looks grungy. It's overcrowded. Uh, there's definitely, you could see a lot of classism going on with like all of these like idyllic like buildings and like shopping centers underneath or right, right above uh, like all these slums, uh, mm-hmm. just a clash of cultures. It's, you know, it's very, it, 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 it helped kind of further the, the, the further codify the cyberpunk look that kind of Blade okay. Runner kind of defined almost. You oh, know? gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I would. I don't know. It's hard not to like just talk in circles with this movie because it is very much. I would say it's up its own ass a little bit. <laughs> um, with talking about like a lot of cyberpunk fiction, it'll talk about uh, like a lot of the themes have to do with transhumanism and you know what what exactly constitutes the meaning of life. What is how do you how do you just how do you define your own existence mm-hmm. if we've gotten to the point where you know uh, humanity no longer needs its actual flesh and blood. Like mm-hmm. well, we can transfer it to all these machines and new like the. What where at what point does life start and, and end? Okay. Um. So there's a lot of questions about that. I would say that like, hmm, narratively, this film is a lot of like I don't know. It's well, you uh, could go for it, Joe. Yeah. So first of all, these are the lyrics that are being the the IMDb note about the lyrics. I am making building a cyborg or making a cyborg. The now that I've thought about it, this film it is not the same. This is not a saying these two movies are the same at all. If you've ever seen Only Lovers Left Alive, the slow, slow burn sequences of no dialogue, just very ambient, atmospheric music, just like letting it. you, you know, you're you're uh, marinating in the atmosphere of okay. this world. Yeah. That's where I'm seeing the similarity. I went into this movie not knowing much about it besides the opening tower jump scene, which I would say if you are into anime or have a passing interest, you know what I'm talking about. But I was expecting more gunfights, robot on robot action, and there is some of that. But this is a very heady think piece. Um, It is... I guess like a, almost like an episode of Black Mirror. Yes. And like, but like a more slow paced one. Like I could see, and I'm sure maybe they have even done this, uh, them adapting the story that is discussed in um, Ghost in the Shell. And we were, and while we were watching it at first, I was saying like, oh, it's slow burn, like the way that Metropolis is slow burn, but Metropolis has a bombastic ending. Yep. Like the last okay. 20 minutes of Metropolis, everything reaches a crescendo. And it ignites. Ghost in the Shell... Very much just ends. It just kind of... It ends not with a gunfight or a blaze of glory, but with a very deep uh, humanist conversation um, about what is life, what does it mean to be human, and what is the next next chapter for some characters. Okay. Um... Yeah, and I'm making it sound like this movie's pretty pretentious, but I don't know. I It's not, though. It's not, right. It, okay. This is not a pretentious film. Like, No, I'm not going to bring up Satoshi Kon into this. <laughs> um, not, I'm not saying Perfect Blue is pretentious either. I was going to say Millennium Actress is kind of pretentious, and the, it's the whole story about this actress's career, and they paint her as like, the greatest thing ever. Um, okay. This is a very humble story with larger themes. Like, if The Matrix... One is not pretentious, while the second and third Matrix are. Yes, right. That, that, I, guess, really I, guess, high horse. I guess that's what I'm trying to delineate: is yeah. that it does not fall into just narrative, like narrative, 
garbage like like the narrative second vomit. two these narrative are, yes they these are, are not vomit, gods like, looking yeah. down down upon man right, these are right. individuals who I, want to I think the, I think the man. matrix the second and third matrix films are the Wachowskis trying to get to that level of headiness but not sticking the landing well and that's like uh, the first thing I thought of when we were, you were talking about like narrative that kind of stuff was matrix 2 the end of matrix 2 right. is just exposition vomit right and it's it's not the Big explosions or whatever. It has the ending like uh, Blade Runner, the yes. doves in the rain. Yeah, yeah. Tears, yeah. In, tears, the rain, tears, tears rain. in the rain. Tears in the rain scene. But that's, that's the, la- that's yeah. the finale. Okay. Um, I would say that the biggest thing going against this movie is just the uh, well. So we watched it dubbed. Um, a and version of the dub. A version of the dub. Well, yeah. So this was dubbed back in '95. That like. Yeah. St- standards for Japanese dubs were way, way, way lower than they are now. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, a lot of the voice acting is stiff, particularly around the major, the main character. Yeah. You could say that's part of the point, but it's kind of the line delivery is not there uh, for me. Uh, I would say if you are at all used to watching films with subtitles, try watching this with subtitles. Um, I mean, the only thing is that like I, my logic was that if we watched a dub, we could just focus on the animation, which is the hu- a huge part of like yeah. the appeal. Um, but I mean, the nice thing about this movie is that when the animation is gorgeous, it's usually during an action scene when there's not much dialogue or the dialogue's very simple. And when they're having these long expositive like conversations, it's usually with stiller shots. So gotcha. I don't think you would lose a lot by watching it with subtitles. Okay. Um, another thing I gotta do a shout out for, I'll wrap this up quickly, is that the sound is great. Um, it's yeah. not the usual cyberpunk sense you would think of, like with Blade Runner. Not to say that Blade Runner sounds bad, but it's you know, drums. it's drums. It's it's a okay. lot of it's a lot of classical Japanese instruments, yeah. and it's the the songs are few and far between but what that means that when they show up it feels very impactful nice um yeah i don't know it, it's a, this, this movie's a classic for a reason it still holds up i would not i would say that's not like a super fun action sci-fi romp if you want that kind of actiony thing i would say watch akira first that's more bombastic no now we both want to i know we it. should watch that yeah <laughs> anyway it's fine i love akira and i will say that if you enjoy all of akira but particularly at, not the motorcycle chasing itself but when the, you are being introduced to Neo Tokyo, and it's just the music playing, and they're doing mm-hmm. the panning shots of the city, if you really like that, then watch Ghost in the Shell. Yep. Because okay. Ghost in the Shell has multiple long, as Andre was saying, long cuts with no dialogue. It's just music, and you are marinating in this world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, I'd say highly recommended, especially if you're like me and looking for some good cyberpunk media uh, in this day and age. Uh, anyways, I give Ghost of the Shell four point two five ghost hacks out of five. Four point two five. Four point two five. Okay. Yep. Have we have we done quarter points? Have we done quarter points? I can round it up or down mm-hmm. if you need me to. No, I mean, yeah, you just just broke the mold. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're breaking new ground. Three point three 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 three. Repeating. Repeating, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Four point two five. Joe, what would you give it? Because uh, you've seen it too now. Yep. Um, I would give it a solid four. Okay. Um, four. That's good though. Yeah. Four out good. of five uh, ghost hacks. Okay. All right. <laughs> Same metric. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good metric. Yeah. Good yeah. Metric. It's a good metric. I gotta say, it sounds beautiful. I've never seen it, but it sounds beautiful. Definitely yeah. watch it. Uh, just be uh, just be aware of uh, there there is a lot of nudity in it. But it's it's not, very clinical. Okay. Can we just make okay. an aside on that? So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, you know, some people get turned right. off by it. So like, anyone yeah. who knows, so if all you know about Ghost in the Shell is like, oh, it's that movie with that naked lady who jumps off a tower. Yes, there is nudity. It is not in a sexualized manner. It is not really there to be titillating besides the fact that, yes, this is <laughs> a naked, naked woman. <laughs> it is there for a reason, and it is not offensive at all. Cool. Sick. Fair. Dope. 
Fair. Goes to show. Good movie. You can do nudity. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tasteful nudity. It's just that yeah. anime has a reputation for being pretty yeah. exploitative with that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I, I get it. Throw it out okay. there. Anyways. Uh, Jill, we go to you and your movie. <laughs> so, um, moving away from adult animation, but still staying, staying in that wheelhouse, um, I decided that I really wanted to watch a nice fun animated Christmas movie and I nice. looked around and I actually did watch more than one animated Christmas movie Rise <laughs> of the special mention to Rise of the Guardians um, okay. but there was one in particular I really wanted to watch with Andre which is Klaus this mm-hmm. is a 2019 Netflix original directed by I just had his name in front of me Sergio uh, Pablos 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 Pablos, Pablos. Okay. Um, it came out last year and it did actually very well it was mm-hmm. nominated for uh, best animated film and unfortunately lost out to Toy Story 4, which is a conversation for a different day. (laughs) (laughs) And it stars uh, Jason Schwartzman and Rashida Jones and J.K. Simmons, and it is a Santa Claus origin story. Interesting, okay. But it takes a while for our would-be Santa to show up. Right, and you you had me watch this blind. Like, you're like, do you know anything about this movie? I'm like, I know it's a Christmas movie, and that's it. Yeah, so I, I had Andre go into it blind. So the story setup is that it's, Maybe the 1800s, sometime in the 1800s. They don't. They never drop a date. As a story of a postman in training named Jesper. He's the son of the grand postmaster. He is a lazy slacker who is very entitled. And his dad teaches his son a lesson. It is okay. You're gonna. We're gonna graduate you right out of the academy, and we're gonna give you an assignment. You have a one year to mail six thousand letters, and if you do that, you can come home and be with your silk sheets. Okay. And you never have to work again. Silk sheets. Okay. Jasper is very fond of his silk sheets. Okay. <laughs> it comes up multiple times. Um, so he is shipped off to the based on a real spot in I think Greenland, Iceland, far up Iceland, somewhere in the far middle up north. of bumfuck nowhere. Iceland. Bumfuck okay. north. <laughs> oh yeah, Greenland. I think yeah. Um, named Smearinsberg. and it is. Is there ice or no ice? There's there's ice. there's lots of ice. So Greenland. It's Greenland. It's yes. Greenland. That's why I was like, yes. yeah, it's Greenland. Yeah. It's yeah. probably Greenland. So they go up. So it goes to Smearinsberg. It is a torn-apart town with their own version of the Hatfields and McCoys. Okay. Um, and he's doomed. He's not going to mail 6,000 letters. Yeah, no there chance. is no hope. These people don't talk to each other. They fight with each other. Yeah, okay. The local school teacher uh, has turned her school into a fish shop where she is hacking and slashing up fish. She okay. wants to get out. The locals are creepy. There are some fun children that are constantly shoving sharp things into not-so-sharp things. Like the, the snowman and the carrot. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Um, so Jesper's like, what am I going to do? And then one day, shortly after he arrives, a kid throws something out, a letter out the window, falls, a drawing falls out the window, and he gets this brilliant idea that, you know, the kid can have him mail the letter to the child, so then he can start getting his letters going. The kid's not quite getting it. Okay. Um, and through some circumstances, Jesper ends up in the middle of the woods because he hasn't hit up one remaining house, and he loses the kid's drawing. And a couple days later, this woodsman, big burly guy, shows up with a toy for the kid. So Jasper has who to could do. Be. Yep, wonder who this could be. Dude, and I will say they make a good job making him seem intimidating because he is literally the woodsman with an axe. Like it's like, oh is, shit! Is this voiced by J.K. Simmons? This is voiced by J.K. Simmons. More so, I could put it. Okay. Yeah. So this is J.K. Simmons. He shows up with a toy for the kid, and he's like, he doesn't say anything. Actually, his dialogue kicks in maybe twenty minutes after he's introduced. Yeah. Right. All for him to say something. So he shows up, and Jasper's like, well, I guess this has to get delivered. And thus, the legend of Santa Claus kind of starts to come together. Ah. The kid gets a toy, tells his 
cousins, they're not friends, his cousins, and suddenly all the kids realize that if they give the mailman a letter, they'll get a toy. And the mailman's like, aha, I'm going to be like a drug dealer now. You want to you send a letter? You just need a stamp. <laughs> First one's free. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he meets, so and he goes back to the woodsman whose name is Klaus, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, we can bring good to the world. You saw the smile on this kid's face, and I will say the moment where Klaus sees the first child playing with the toy he he's been given, mm-hmm. it's a very powerful moment. He doesn't say nice. anything. He's just staring out, staring into the window at the joy on this child's face. Nice. Um. And from there, Jesper starts working his way towards the 6,000 letters. Mm-hmm. He's helping Klaus get rid of all these toys that are filled in his shed. We find out later why. Um, and along the way, he, you know, befriends a school teacher. They meet a girl who's part of the Sami tribe. Okay. Um, and it's just a really nice, feel-good story. Right. You watch the you watch the bond between Klaus and yeah. uh, Jesper grow yeah. as you know they kind of go through this Ponzi scheme really at the, the yeah, beginning. Yeah, effectively, so. it is a Ponzi but, scheme. You know, yeah. So um, it's funny because in January I happen to be at GameCraft, mm-hmm. um, and it is past closing, and I'm having a conversation with the bartender mm-hmm. that back when we could actually do this kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and we were talking about, I mentioned that I have a podcast that I do with my friends and like we watch good movies, bad movies. She suggested this movie. Oh. She also suggested another one, but I still haven't gotten to it. Which one? Uh, Blue Ruin. Never Don't look it. anything up about it is okay. what I've been told. Okay. It's on Netflix. Don't look anything up about just it. it. Just watch it. <laughs> um, because the synopsis apparently doesn't do a good job. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's funny that you bring this up mm-hmm. because I'm just... Now remembering, oh yeah, she suggested this movie. It's written on a note that's in my car. <laughs> and it, it actually really is a great movie. The yeah. weakest components are the Hatfield and McCoy subplot, which really yes. exists just to drive a wedge. That, it's, yeah, they're the, they're just the, the villains, yeah. right? The, it, the token villains. Alone, the animation is just gorgeous. It, it looks, looks nice. like a picture book. It, yeah. It's a wonderful line between 2D and 3D. There is some CGI components into Definitely. it. Definitely. And and I like the way this movie looks a lot, but it did just make me miss 2D hand yeah. animate. Like, like, I would just love if this movie was, like, Full done. 2D. Yes, yeah. exactly. But it looks great as is. Like, in right. a vacuum, but it looks great. Yeah. It is beautiful. Um, and J.K. Simmons as Klaus delivers an amazing performance as J.K. he... J.K. Simmons... As the kid, as the legend of Santa continues to grow and grow, mm-hmm. he's coming out of his shell more. You find out why he was, you know, the old cranky woodsman in the woods. Mm-hmm. You find out what the deal with the toys were, and okay. you really see the community coming together. So the children, you know, are getting all these presents, and then Jasper, who's the one who's actually been delivering all of this, mm-hmm. he sees a kid wants a toy, but this kid was mean to him, so he leaves coal behind. So that's how the story of if you're naughty, you're not going to get anything. You have to be nice. So the children okay. start cleaning up the town and doing good deeds. And the boiling it all down, it's like one good, one true, act, one act of true, of, of selflessness will mm-hmm. spark that in another. And then it's a domino effect. And that's really the thesis statement of this movie that if you just do one good thing, yeah. it'll have ramifications onward and onward. Nice. Um, the ending is very sad. <laughs> oh. Well, okay. In a good way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 somber, but in a in it's a, a in somber a, in ending. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it is the story of Santa Claus. He's a man, not right. an elf or fairy or whatever the many iterations of Santa Claus. Whatever he is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm going off of the life and times of Santa Claus, and I think he's like 
sort of a demi fairy god thing I don't that even fell know, into man. the human world. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, the ending leaves you on a bittersweet note, but it's a nice, you know, it's like a good cry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a single, sh- is a single tear that you're like kind of nodding like, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Well, it's nice. Yeah. And you get to, you know, and, you Our know. Are tears are just... Raindrops. <laughs> Tears in the rain. Drops in the rain. Yeah. These are, no, these are real tears. You know, Jasper right. also changes for the better. Everybody undergoes. Yeah, it's a very nice much a feel good movie. Change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, okay. You know, and it's not. I have to say, pats off to this movie. There is not a single poop or fart joke in it. That's true. That's a good point. I would say that there's some licensed music choices that were a little odd. Wait, like, there's like two song drops that are just very random that what? kind of like. Which like, one? What? I forget, but. Um, <laughs> Okay. No, no, but like, oh, man, I should go on. Up. Stuck with you. No, it, well, it was just like, you know, like when he was doing the montage of, um. Him trying to sell letters God, to kids. what was that song? Yeah, it, it was like, it was just, you know, present day, like, pop songs, and I'm like, what? Uh, you've got How Do You Like Me Now. How Do You Like Me Now was in there, yeah. How Do You Like Me Now shows up, which I love that song, it's a fun song, great. But also, they just kind of put that in there, and this yeah. movie was very much like, it's, you know, it, it, the whole vibe is it, like, taking place, like, in, you know, early mid-1800s, mid- yeah, so it's, it's supposed to be a period piece at that point, or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, So okay. it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess we're just doing that. We, we can't call this a movie out of time, per yeah. se, because they put enough things in there to be yep. like, I can figure out when this probably right. existed. Yeah. Um, and the thing is that Christmas actually is a thing in this world, but there is no legend of Santa, so it's just like giving well, presents. Yeah, it's just, just Jesus' birthday, you know? No, like, yeah. Jesus' birthday. Just, okay. they, they, yeah. Don't, they never dropped the J word. They never dropped the J word. They never yeah, dropped well, the J word. They never yeah, dropped yeah. the J word. Yeah. My, my only complaint with this movie is the Sami tribe, and it's not that they're handled without care. It's they are they kind of take on the role of the elves. Okay. Right, it's a little weird. It's, it's a, a little weird. So there's this adorable Sami girl who shows up. <laughs> And Jasper learns to communicate with her to figure out what she wants. What she wants is right. a toy, a toy boat she can sail on the ice with her father. And, and, and it's her very mother. touching because it's the first present that he delivers with just as, and as he a good as that he made it himself. And it was not to get another letter sent; it was to give a gift is, to another yeah. person, bring them joy. Yeah. So that was like a very cool moment. Mm-hmm. But then, like, she brings her whole Sami tribe over to Klaus's, to wooden, Klaus's house. wooden house, and like they just like Klaus just kind of semi adopts them or something. Oh. Like they all just move in, and then like that's a it, that's the explanation oh. for like the elf workers, right? Interesting. And okay. it's kind of a weird dynamic. Like like yeah. it feels never a conversation the, where like right. the head of the yeah. tribe and Klaus like look at each other and shake hands and be like, yes, let's let's do no, this like they together. just show up and they're just down to make toys, and it's like kind of weird. It's a found hey, family. You're about to do labor. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. right, right. I mean, Whatever, Klaus is fine. also a toy maker, but yeah. It's it's, yeah, it's still. they're leaning into the found family, but it's just kind of silly. It's a little glossed over. It it, it's a little glossed over, and as a result, feels a little weird. A little weird. <laughs> Fair. Just, Anyways. Just Fair. Anyways. But overall, feel good movie. Love that it exists. I love that it's two D. Fate like uh, it looks two D. Yeah. Even though it's not fully two D, I highly recommend it if you enjoy. Feel good Christmas movies, especially ones that don't talk down to their audience. This is not a stupid dumb Christmas film. This film is for all ages, and it has a lot of heart. Nice. So, what would you give it final rating then? I would give it four point five out of five mailed letters with a stamp bought for a penny. Okay, stamp bought for a penny. I would give it. 3.75. I'm going to go with the, the 7.5. <laughs> go with the quarter points. I, I am it. going with the quarter points. Uh, um, wood, wood, woodsman axes out of five. That's my metric. Axes. Not okay. bird houses. What's that? 
Not the bird Not houses. Not birdhouses, no. That's a good one, Mitch, though, too, yeah. Yeah, Anyways, yeah okay. Klaus, good, good, good Christmas flick. Uh, Mitchell, that brings us to you over there. Uh, what did you watch, and how did you feel about it? All right, so truth be told, this had been a very long week for me. Uh, we're in Fair. the middle of a show, so I've been very busy at work. And then yesterday I moved Kelly from Brooklyn to, you know, middle of Buttfuck, Connecticut. Still great news! Woo-hoo! Yay! <laughs> Congrats on yeah, that. So, exciting stuff in the personal life story. So truth be told, all I watched this week was rewatching scenes of Mank, Instagram, and TikTok. That is the three media consumptions that I've been doing this week. Okay. Um, so for movies, I'm actually going all the way back to August, where I watched one of the best movies of all time. Ooh. Just kidding. Uh, it's one of my favorite documentaries of the year. Okay. It is All Boys State, and it is an A24 movie that came out through Apple uh, TV over the summer. So not a lot of people have seen it yet. Apple TV, I think, has quietly curated quite a list of really, really, really good content. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's not The Mandalorian. It's not anything like that. So not a lot of people have it yet. But I would recommend this movie in particular. So Boys State is a documentary that took place back in 2018. It premiered at Sundance this year, and I believe it took the top prize uh, for documentaries. Nice. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic watch. It is um, about a thing that happens every single summer in every single state, this one in particular in Texas. Now, Boys State as a program is an event where thousands of people Um, between their junior and senior years of high school uh, go to their state's capital and basically conduct themselves for one entire week as a mock government. Um, They do everything from drafting legislation. They have a group of people who volunteer to be the political reporters. Um, And then at the very end of the week, it builds up to the moment where everyone collectively decides who gets to be governor. So you have this huge election at the end of the week. Um, it happens in California. It happens all across the, uh, the U.S. But the reason why the documentary filmmakers chose Texas, uh, specifically in 2018, was because the year before, the Texas Boys State of 2017 made headlines because their group of thousands of Texas boys um, decided for Texas to secede from the union. And um, they decided, you know what? Like, if, <laughs> if that is in a way a glimpse into the future of politics in this country. Mm-hmm. Let's go down there and try to grab it, you know, for the entire week and see what we can find out. Oh. And what's so interesting about Boy State as an actual organization, um, there are so many folks who have gone on to have outstanding careers in politics or media otherwise mm-hmm. um, who have done this program. And it's so crazy that I haven't heard about it before. Um the guy who immediately comes to mind is Cory Booker. Uh, you know, oh, like wow. He, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, basically, the documentary follows, I think, three different boys, specifically, who identify with different politics. Um, Texas is a state that is slowly growing more purple, um, and you could definitely see that in this film. Yeah. Um, so, they basically have a guy who is um, very much a, a beat red Republican, um, lists Ben Shapiro and Ronald Reagan as his idols, and he is the strategist on what would end up being the conservative party in this particular boy state. Okay. Um, and then on the other side, you have this amazingly charismatic figure 
who figured, I mean, he's a kid, um, but he <laughs> comes from, you know, his family immigrated to the U.S. Uh, relatively recently. Okay. Um, he is very much an Obama-era Democrat in terms of his uh, worldview. Um, and then that side of the camp is built around him and more so based on his charisma, which is crazy to think about because, you know, this is a 16, 17-year-old kid. Right, like, right. How is his magnetism even realized at that point? But somehow it really is. Um, and it feels very authentic, especially in this whirlwind summer camp environment where everyone becomes everyone's best friends in such a short amount of time. Um, so that is basically your two-pronged race. And then you have all these great side characters um, who are building towards this election for winning the governorship. That's ultimately what it comes down to. It's very competitive. Mm-hmm. You can feel the male testosterone on both sides. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also, you definitely get an amazing glimpse at young people realizing how politics are actually played. So there's this one kid who joins the party um, on the what ends up being the more liberal party. So basically, they set up two camps Um they're not Democrats or Republicans. They have different names. And then over the course of the week, they identify what their politics are, what their platforms are. Um, there's one kid who is more of the customary politician, I would say, like good-looking politician. Um, you know, he's a high school quarterback, great hair. Um, he already has his boys around him, so he has a group. Um, and he was basically running on platforms and ideas, not because he believed in them, but because he thought that that would tap into that particular party and that he would get the nomination to run as governor. And over time, you know, over the course of two days, he realized, oh, wait, that's not that's not true. Because the kid who was charismatic and had this authentic story ends up winning and um, winning the nomination, I should say. Yeah. And it is such a great look at a kid who's realizing, oh, my goodness, like, uh, there's only so much you could placate. There's only so much that you could actually, uh, you know, put out there as, you know, that as real mm-hmm. when it's actually not yet. You, you have to give people more credit. Um, and a lot of the confessional interviews that are done throughout this documentary are just so eye opening and, and crazy. Anyway, so it all builds up to the election, uh, which is such an emotional moment for both the kids who ran. And um, I, I absolutely loved it. I nice. absolutely loved it. Do I identify with any of the, um, you know, or I should say half of the politics in it? Absolutely not. I think, right. I, I think some of the stuff was uh, pretty sickening to say, like, oh, wow, this is what this is really what some people believe. Mm. Um, but over the course of the movie, you realize how smart and talented all these kids are. All these all these kids. Um, you know, I don't want to spoil the ending or anything, but um, basically the the strategy of politics ends up being the thing that wins the day. Um, and in a, in a very in a very poignant uh, moment, you realize, okay, this is in a very small microcosm how politics plays out in DC as well. And I guess that's kind of the point in um, in Boys State, right? Um, so. This is an airtight movie, an hour forty minutes. It's okay. edited very well. The documentarians, uh, when they were doing their pre-interviews to essentially cast who of the kids they wanted to follow in particular, did such a phenomenal job of not only picking 
incredibly smart kids. Mm-hmm. Um, also, knowing that these were kids who were going to end up playing a huge role. Because, again, there are thousands of people who attend this thing. Who knows, you, yeah. You, yeah, you could easily just blend into the background right. and just, you know, go through the motions of the experience and put it on your, you know, high school resume for college. Um, but they they chose kids that were going to do something. And mm. it was so much fun to watch. Nice. Uh, so it is called Boys State. It is currently on Apple TV. I'm not sure if there's another way to rent it. Okay. Um, and it is produced by, you know, A24. So let me get my pretentious card in there. <laughs> um, Always. Yeah. And it is by far one of the best movies that I've seen this year. Nice. Great. I'll have to check it out. That's Yeah, that sounds awesome. I looked up a synopsis before we started talking about it because I had never heard of it. And it, it really sounded interesting. It, it was an interesting plot. Um, so what would you give it then out of five? Yeah, I'm going to go four, four and a half out of five governors for this one. Okay. Um, really, because what it comes down to is this. I wish, because, you know, I majored in poli-sci in college, um, at that era for me, I would have been tripping over myself to try and get to Boy State, California. Yeah. Uh, but then I, uh, you know, continue to think about it. And I'm like, these kids were so much smarter than I <laughs> Like, I couldn't hold it myself in conversation with any of these guys. Anyway, very impressed by it. Also, there is a girl state for those wondering. Um, okay. I would argue that Boy State, because of how testosterone driven and how competitive these dudes and honestly how dumb they end up being in a lot of cases makes for a more entertaining movie where i'm looking at my sisters who are both very politically active despite not being a voting age yet they are so by the rules and by quorum and stuff i'm like wow that's how girl state would work out it was just orderly there would be very minimal drama. They would pass bills that actually probably could get passed in real life. Oh, there'd be drama. Um, you just wouldn't see it. It would be <laughs> subterf- uh, subterfuge. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They maybe wouldn't be so open with the uh, documentarians. But okay. um, yeah, four and a half out of five governors. Highly recommend Boy State. Yeah, I need to check this out. Yeah, I want to check yeah. that out. It's kind of reassuring knowing that at the end of it, it was the pot like the it was still the politicians' game. It wasn't like you you can be a young upstart with no political anything and. Riding on your bandwagon with your horns blasting. Yeah, I don't know. Music you didn't license. There's, I feel like there's also person. some. Cyni- it sounds like there's also some cynicism to that. You know what I mean? If you just play the game, whether you believe in what you're saying or not. Yeah, and I mean that's politics. You say what. You, yeah. yeah d- d- no, depending on the, the type of politician you are, you're gonna either say what you really feel, or you're gonna say what your party aligns with, and throw in your own charisma. Or hey, if you don't have charisma, you can literally be a hand puppet. Yeah. yeah, and I think the kids gravitated towards authenticity, which is great. But then what ends up winning the governorship, it is a complete campaign game. You know, okay. it, it's never the best politics that wins. It's the best campaign. And the kids of the party who realized this early, or early on were the ones who end up winning, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty telling and mm-hmm. very true to real-life politics. Interesting. Okay. It's a very interesting movie. Uh, we're gonna go to a not so interesting movie. Um, <laughs> but I'm Christmas, interested in right? hearing about it. Uh, we're, yeah, we're bringing it back to Christmas. Um, the challenge was Yahtzee. I lost by three points. Three points. Yeah, Mitchell, who technically who, was not here, so we all took turns we rolled, rolling we for rolled, you. We rolled in his absence, game. and he was. You were just on. You were killing it, dude. Yeah, just, yeah, I crushed it. I, I am so. I, I, you know, I gotta thank 
I, I gotta thank Claire. I gotta thank Claire. <laughs> she didn't, she didn't, even, she didn't, Claire didn't even roll for you. It was us rotating each turn. It was uh, it was a shared. <laughs> Literally, so my turn. When I gotta I, thank the collective Yahtzee gods for shining. That's up. true. Yes, the Yahtzee gods smiled upon you. Yeah. Literally, my turn when I was trying for Yahtzee because that's one of the few things I had left. I got close. I got four out of five and was just like, okay, I'm not gonna get it. And then I rolled for you because it was my turn to roll for you. And I'm like, you're gonna get Yahtzee. Second roll, Yahtzee. <laughs> Knew it was going to happen. Points for getting Yahtzee, like, under three rolls. Is that a thing or no? No. If not, I would have crushed that because I got Yahtzee on my second roll. Yeah. Um, and it was fantastic. I feel like that should be a thing. If you get Yahtzee on the first roll, that should be, like... Automatic win. Done. Point. <laughs> you caught the That's snitch? the winner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You caught the snitch. I don't know. <laughs> but, all right. So, we go. We digress. Um, so, I lost. I had to see a movie. We decided that we would pick uh, Christmas movies. So, you guys voted. Uh, we put it on our Twitter account. Again, thanks at Game for, for a Movie voting. P1. Uh, thanks for voting. Yes, exactly. Uh, we also put it on our Instagram, at Game for a Movie Podcast. Uh, you can follow us wherever. Yeah. Um, All the platforms. The choice that it really came down to was between Santa Claus Conquers the Martians and Jack Frost. And Jack Frost won. Um, so we're going to talk about Jack Frost. Yeah. Which one is this? Is this the family-friendly 1990s this is, this one? This is not the Michael Keaton family-friendly yeah, one. That's who it is. Oh, yeah. okay. This is not that. All and right. It's sad that I knew it was Michael Keaton even before. <laughs> I knew it was a Batman. Yeah. I couldn't remember which Batman it was. Oh, yeah. So it was Michael Keaton for that one. Can you imagine which... Christian Bale and Jack Frost? Can you imagine George Clooney? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, this one is the horror movie Jack Frost. Mm. Uh, Jack Frost is an infamous serial killer that has been caught by the sheriff that you learn later. Um, and he is about to go get executed. But the execution place is obviously far away. And it is... Um, oh, what was the town name? Shoot, this I'm was... Say, what state does this take place in? It's in, in Canada. Do they, have the ex- do they have the death penalty there? Uh, is this factually correct? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Um, but it was like it was a pun on a famous Canada city that was snow something. Snowdowa? Snowronto? Snowronto? <laughs> no, sorry, is that Lebronto? Sorry. Snowcouver? No, I don't think, but I, I can't remember which snow town. <laughs> uh, it might have been Snow Trial. Ew, that's the worst one <laughs> yeah. that we came up with. <laughs> Shut up! Uh, no, Why no, you great look stuff. Up the name of the thing. Okay. Um, so we start with Jack Frost is in a prison transport. Uh, he has a guard watching him in the back. And then there's two driving. Uh, and it's obviously snowing because it's Snow Toronto. Uh, or whatever the town name was, because I can't remember. But it's snowing all the time. Um, the two guards are just like, is everything okay back there? And Jack Frost literally is smoking a cigarette, stomping on the neck of the guard. Snowminton. Snowminton. That's it. It's Edmonton with Snowminton. Yep. Also, Canada yeah. does not have the death penalty, so... Well, maybe he was being it's a life sentence then i don't know it's, no it says state execution it says right state here execution. yeah okay. i have the synopsis All right. <laughs> well so he uh he's about to get executed all of a sudden the vehicle crashes and it runs into a truck that starts shooting this goo at Jack Frost. Goo. Yes, goo or like liquid or like goo. what color goo? Like ecto Kool-Aid? Yeah, right. It's like bright white. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst color you could have picked. <laughs> that's Christmas. Okay. Well, his body starts like melting. That's you do. But he becomes uh, part of the snow. 
Oh, it's like Sandman mm. from Spider-Man. Okay, got it, yes. Oh, but there's more. There's so, so much more. Um, so, essentially, the prison transport, the two cops now get murdered, and they're just, like, investigating. And the sheriff becomes the main character. He, you hadn't met him yet. You didn't know what happened. He, like, stumbled across him. He's definition, like, bumbling sheriff. Oh, no. Um, because it's just small town. No murders ever happened here. Mm. But it, we just so happened to have Jack Frost. Turdy, turdy, turdy. Exactly. <laughs> um, he ended up catching him by accident, almost. Like, catching him mid-act, killing somebody. So they, they catch him. That's what starts it. Blah, 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 whatever. Um, he... Jack Frost has sent him letters from his prison cell saying, no matter what, I'm going to get you. And so he's like having flashbacks and freaking out because he doesn't know if his wife and kid are going to be killed by Jack Frost. Um, so he learns that he never made it to execution, but he wasn't around when the prison vehicle crashed. So they just assume he's dead. All of a sudden... People start dying in his town. The small town where no one ever dies? The small town where no one ever dies. And oh, so they're no. just like, it's gotta be Jack Frost. Not in Snowminton. Yeah, not in Snowminton. Not in sleepy Snowminton. <laughs> <laughs> <God damn it>. <laughs> <laughs> like, the first body to show up is, like, a guy that's sitting in a rocking chair that's frozen to death. Wow. And everybody's just like, well, he could have just froze. It's like a commentary on life right there. So wait, wait, wait. He kills people by freezing them? No, like... <laughs> he has different ways of killing different people. Okay, He's got a multi He's like a Swiss Army knife. Multi-purpose Jack Frost. We'll get, we'll get into some of the fun ones. Okay, yes, I'm sure. Okay, yeah, sorry. Um, get ahead of there better be puns. Are there puns in oh, this? Oh, we, we were in fucking Snowminton. I bet there's puns. That's <laughs> one pun. Okay. Every snowman Jack Frost line is a pun. So oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger as yes, Mr. Freeze right. with Splash. Yes. Whoever it's time wrote to it, kick some ice. It's ice to meet you. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a, okay. uh, there's no <laughs> way out. Oh, like, oh it's God. bad. Um, <laughs> Yay. There, so my main problem with this movie is the line delivery. Mm. I don't care about Jack Frost's line delivery because it's supposed to be like cheesy one-liners. Fine. Don't care. Whatever. It's the rest of the people, because they have two moods. It's either nonchalant or hysterical. And it's different kinds of hysterical, but it's hysterical. So, like, there's a part where they get stuck without the keys to open the window, because the window is locked. And so the woman's just like, oh, no, it's locked. And literally five seconds later, where are your keys? <laughs> and it's, like, over the top. It's, it's two lines back to back. Okay. And, like, it's literally just nonchalant or hysterical. That is the line delivery. So you're saying it. the direction could have been a little bit stronger. Oh, you need to make a gif of your... <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Arms flailing. <laughs> um, so, like, the first, one, uh, the first one that happens, obviously, the freeze guy. Um, Jack Frost <laughs> wants to get revenge on the sheriff. He goes to the sheriff's house and kills somebody else first before he actually kills the sheriff and he had so many opportunities where they didn't know he was a snowman where they could kill the sheriff be done go on move on so the villain's name was jack frost before yes. okay yes it was jack frost before he became a snowman and what does he look like paint a picture with your words of the human or the snowman the snow human hybrid uh no it's it's a snowman like okay. it's 100 percent a snowman and it doesn't have a face at first but the sheriff's kid puts on a carrot nose and the black eyes and everything like that. Oh, okay. Aww, but jolly. 
it's it's not yeah it's not good <laughs> um so literally there's like parts where he shoots icicles out of his hands Ooh. but the issue also with it is it is obviously a model because it does not move okay so like when he shoots the icicles they'll put this arm a little forward. Oh no! And this arm. Moves. So it's like it's like stop motion without the in between frames, basically. Exactly. Okay. Did they make a little pew pew? Uh, they did not. It was just like yeah, pew. <laughs> um, but there's that. He froze some girl that's in a bathtub because water. Because murder. Yep. murder. Okay. Because yep, murder. Okay. Um, yeah. Right. So why is why why is Jack Frost why why is, there, why, is there, why is he murdering people? Because he's a serial killer. That's it. That's it. He's just an evil human being. Okay. Snowman. Okay, he, got it. He gets his snowballs off. Like, yeah, he's killing. killed oh, like nice. thirty. Okay. You're really happy with that one, aren't you? All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no pun, well, okay. Uh, no, it was a great pun. <laughs> he killed like thirty people while a human. Okay, got it. So he's just tack. He's just looking to add onto the body count yes. of his career. Okay, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Sure. There's all these different people that are a part of this. They have two agents come from the FBI. They're not really FBI. Mm. Mm. One of them is really a scientist who's excited because his experiment worked. His experiment was transferring the soul of someone to a different... Wow. So this is like Ghost in the Shell, bro. A little bit. Whoa. It's funny you brought this up. (laughs) But he's like, oh my God, his soul lived on. We were just trying to bring memories back. But he remembers who he was and now he's a snowman. Because Olaf said water has memory. Yes. Uh, he can melt himself on command and then reshape himself oh, so he can get through back. doors and stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, the only thing that... He can only be killed when he's in a snowman form. Naturally. Okay. And um, I think the best part is they realize they can, like, melt him. So they get him stuck <laughs> in, like, a furnace. Is there, like, a big revelation scene? Like, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. He's weak to fire because yeah. he's made of fucking snow. Oh, yes. It's like this girl <laughs> grabs a hairdryer... And shoots him with the hair dryer, and he starts like melting. And they're like, "Oh, get him in the furnace!" And they like they blow hair dryers at him that they just have on on hand. Person. That's genius. So Who would have thought? They burn him into the furnace. Okay. So okay. like, yes, day wow. is saved. Very hocus pocus, but I like it. But the FBI agents are just like, I don't know. It doesn't feel safe. And all of a sudden, the furnace starts leaking, <gasps> and then. Jack Frost is back, and he kills the agent, and then uh, then he, like, the scientist, he just, like, forces himself down the mouth of the scientist. What? Oh. Like, melted into the mouth yeah, of the scientist. Yeah, yeah. So the scientist walks out towards the sheriff, and he's just like... Oh, is it like a men in black kind of thing? Like, where he's, like, in, like the, the alien that's inhabiting the farmer's yeah, body? Yeah, a little bit, but, okay. like, he's, like, got this growth in his neck, and it's, like, Ugh. obvious that there's something wrong with him. And the sheriff's just like, you okay? oh fuck it and then he jumps out of the body the body falls over and it's just it's jack frost oh no <laughs> um how does it end With well it ends a little bit yes uh it ends <laughs> when <laughs> hit, so the sheriff's son gives him this trail mix because he's like dad's gonna be hungry okay and the dad somehow, like, grabs the trail mix but then throws it at him, and it starts to melt the snowman. Because of the salt? No. The kid put antifreeze in the... What? In the, checks, or in the trail mix 
because he was afraid his dad would get cold, and so he didn't want him to freeze. Oh my god, no. he could have killed his dad! What? Yeah, his what? dad would have fucking died! Oh so then they realized, god. though, because his head's like half melted off, antifreeze! That's the answer! That's literally how they come old. Oh, Maybe this, so... com- this movie's one big commercial for antifreeze. <sighs> What? No, there's no way they would have said, like, oh, yeah, let's have this movie depict a character attempting to put antifreeze in food. Innocently putting it in food. That's no, no, it's not good. The sheriff has the store owner go to the store to pick up all the antifreeze he can and fill the truck bed. Okay, it's weird that it took that series of events to realize that antifreeze could also help. Did did you not hear the part where they realized that heat can Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, I feel like, okay. Remember, I told you, the main character, blundering... Sheriff. Okay, fair enough. Like, probably barely passed through police academy. This dude doesn't play this enough. Dude, this dude doesn't play. Got the job because he was just the right person at the right time. This dude doesn't play enough Pokemon. I mean, seriously, everyone knows Fire <laughs> Beat Size. Play, I think he plays Pokemon. Well, yeah, so, I mean, this probably takes place. This was made like what ninety seven or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So before before know. Pokemon, so we will we'll come to break. Um. So he the sheriff's like, all right, I'm gonna distract him. You get the antifreeze in the truck bed, and I'll meet you back at this point in five minutes. Yeah, that doesn't happen. Uh, it's six minutes, but so he's like freaking out. But Jack Frost like pins him against the wall and has like an icicle in his side, oh. and like it's going through him, and you're just like, oh no! And he goes, "Hey, Jack, take this!" And he like tackles him through a window into the truck bed with the antifreeze, and it's just like sheriff on top of Jack Frost, like. Drowning him in oh, antifreeze. Jesus. Okay. And yeah. Weird question. How bloody is this movie? You said the, the icicle was in his Pretty side. Bloody. Like, was yeah. it like? It's not like like. Yeah, but like you know, there's a lot of there's some gore. This is like a sea horror film. Yeah, there's some gore. Um, there's like one where he kills this woman by making her a Christmas tree. So he like wraps her in lights and garland, stabs the the star in her head. Oh my! And then smashes her head against ornaments. So like the ornaments are like stuck in her face. Jesus. That's actually pretty brutal. Okay. It's it's brutal. It's a rated R movie. Creative fatality. Okay, so it is rated R. Okay, I guess that's Yeah, it is is rated R. I guarantee it just because of the amount of times they say fuck. Um, (laughs) Right. But that being said, like there's gruesome murders too. Um, So they save the day with antifreeze. And then all of a sudden, they're, like, filling the antifreeze back in bottles. And you see, like, there's one that's, like, a glass. And so you see all of a sudden something starts to, like, form into a snowball. And you're like, oh, no, the end, question mark. Uh, But it's antifreeze. How can it form? We don't know. Well, if you actually, we do know. There's a Jack Frost, too. No. No. So naturally, you need to complete the journey. No. No, I do not. I do not at all. I'm so um, so happy you watched this movie. Yeah, not. right. I've heard of it. I've never burned. I've never sat down to watch it. The because... amount of time I laughed at this movie versus like just actually listening to what they're saying. Yeah. There's a guy and a girl that are like teenagers that are like looking to get frisky, and they decide to go into the sheriff's house, and that's why they get murdered because Jack Frost is obviously at the sheriff's house. Yep. So yeah, it's um it's terrible. Um. Okay, but, but honestly, it, what, the way you've described it, it, I feel like I could trash? get... Yeah, right. I feel like I could get very drunk and watch this and have a good time. I think you could watch it drunk off your ass. Okay. I think, yeah, I think you could... But you need to be drunk off your ass. I was pretty sober. And gotcha. so it's it's just... You didn't feel that extra warmth of joy that a right. little booze could have brought to the party? Yeah. And, like, the, so the scene where they're wondering about the keys, they're in the jail cell, and they're, like, they have aerosol cans going 
to try to make it hot in there. And so, like, the sheriff realizes his keys are left in the door on the other side of the hallway that's leaking water. Obviously, Jack Frost is coming in. They need to get to the window on this side, so he has to go back in. So he, like, puts the shirt over his face and it's like... <laughs> And then he finally gets there, and Jack Frost like grabs him through it, mm. but he still gets the keys somehow. And yeah, it's uh, it's rough. So, are you happy that you watched this and not some of the other options that were? No, possible? I think I would have had more fun with Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, mm. uh, especially since at least <laughs> it's that definitely has, quite a title. At least that has like a fun little tidbit about it's the first media to use Mrs. Claus. That's mm. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So like that would have been fun, but um, I give it uh, half a snowman out of. Five. Yeah, sounds like it could have conveyed its, you know, its themes about the edges of definition of human consciousness just a little bit better. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. But it brings me to the other bad media I watched this week, which you guys don't know about. Uh, I have a surprise little uh, extra review because I watched two bad movies this week. Oh. I watched the 15-minute mini-movie, A Recipe for Seduction. Oh, God. Yes. The Fuck KFC me. Christmas movie. Damn it. Oh, it was terrible. Damn it, Colonel Sanders. Um, if you don't know about this movie, it was a 15-minute mini-movie on Lifetime that was about Harlan Sanders getting it on. With his chicken. No, no, with a with a woman. Oh my! <laughs> um, it was a Jesus. Love, it was like a melodramatic love story where like this woman is uh, is engaged to this guy, and obviously he's a douchebag. And Harlan Sanders just became the new chef at their house, and it's played by Mario Lopez, which is <laughs> awful. Also, I don't know if his name is Harlan or Harland, because different characters say it differently. Mm. D is either silent or not. Um, the fiance wants to like keep the woman, but she's like falling in love with the cook, and he's like, "I've got this secret recipe that will save our souls," and blah blah blah. Like, I've got this secret recipe that will pay for the rest of our days, and uh, it's obviously like store bought chicken on the table. That's like KFC chicken, uh, but like the mom's planning against her. It's terrible. It's awful. Zero out of five chicken recipes what was the worst like do you remember like any bad lines in particular so i think it's not a bad line but it's actually kind of funny the like evil douche um calls him a crouton (laughs) (laughs) he's like don't call me a crouton (laughs) 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 like it's terrible put them in the back pocket yeah that would make me laugh Crouton. I yeah, think I no. might call somebody a crouton. Yeah, right, yeah. I feel like I'm just going to use that on somebody at some point. <laughs> you dried piece of bread. You yeah, right. Exactly. So don't call me a crouton. But yeah, that got zero star. A little bundle zero of empty calories. Do you videos. think there'll be a sequel, like part two of the story? Dude, I think KFC's enough people fucking marketing. <laughs> so I think enough people wall. watched it. Yeah, I yeah. do. And especially because it's on the internet for free. Like, I, their views are just going up and up. Are they? God damn it. Because I'm just kind of upset that this is working. Like, who yeah. doesn't love trash? Yeah. Fifty Shades yeah. of Grey can attest to this. Yeah. Trash. This, was, this is kind of like back when Burger King made those video, those, those like, Xbox video games or whatever, like Sneaking or whatever. Yeah, you Sneaking. Know, like, yeah, they were Breakfast like, King. Breakfast King, Sneak. Yeah, right. What was the other king? I forget what it was, but whatever. There's a bunch of Xbox games that you got. <laughs> it was a free disc you got if you ordered a meal there or something. I will say, so... At the end of the day, it just took itself way too seriously. Oh, and that is not what I thought I would hear. I thought, yeah. I, thought, I thought, especially with Mario, no offense to Mario Lopez, he seems like a pretty like self-aware humor guy. If right. they had more lines like the crouton line, it'd be fine. But the, the, the thing is like way too seriously. It's like, 
you can't marry him, or you can't leave with the colonel. He doesn't have money. He has money. He can prepare you for life. And meanwhile, dude's having an affair with the mom. Ew. Whoa. Yeah, it goes way over the edge. No offense to women who go be with younger men, but... Fine. Mm, decorum. Don't try to make them marry your daughter. Like, yeah. that's... I don't care if you're having an affair yeah. with a younger man. Is she rooting man. for the marriage to work out, too? It's kind of strange. Yeah, it's very strange. It's weird. It's very weird. So, finger looking not good. Finger looking not good. Wow. Um, nice one. Thank you. Got him. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um... Zing. Yeah. Yeah, it's... 15 minutes of your life, you, you will never oh, get man. back. I yeah, want you're, the 15 you're, minutes you're, back. you're pulling double did, duty on watching wait, the two bad movies. did it make you want to go get KFC? Right. No. No? Oh. No, and I, you're talking to the guy that saw Super Size Me and went to McDonald's afterwards. <laughs> like, he felt inspired wow. by the journey. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I've seen Super Size Me and then went to McDonald's. I... Did not watch this and say I wanted KFC. Mostly because there's only one real instance of the chicken, and it's at the very beginning. Hmm. The very beginning when they announce he's the new chef. He's made a chicken dinner, and then the rest of the way is just, I've got a secret recipe for success. That's it. And it's well, not like bringing up chicken. But, yeah. All right. Um, we're going to go now, uh, since it's a special holiday edition of this episode. Holiday news. That's right. Uh, we are going to do our top five holiday movies okay uh each of us will go around the room and yep. we'll make fun of the rest for what they choose wow, um damn well, yeah damn. so andre you're on the clock oh shit it's me all right cool yeah. i scrambled this together at the last second because i only have a very select few uh, childhood movies that i super love so i'll just go these do these in no particular order honestly rudolph red nose reindeer the classic I, I, it's 45 minutes long so i don't know if it yeah, counts as a full it counts yeah i think do you think yeah, it counts yeah, yeah, it counts. yeah it counts. cool yeah. all right Great. It's a movie. It's not like a TV show. Right. It's yeah. not like a series, but yeah. very formative in my childhood. Rugrats, Babies, and Toyland. That's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a great Rugrats Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Classic. Right. Okay. Untouchable in my is opinion. It, uh, what order are you going in? Or is this no is random. This okay, is just no random. There, except, for, except for one clear winner, and I'll say that at the end, I guess. Okay. Everything else is at the same level. How about that? Keep it going. Um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I mean, I know we and have this. Animated or live action? Animated? What you the fuck? You need to clarify. No, I love Benedict Cumberbatch's performance so much. <laughs> okay, but you still need to clarify. There's also yes, Jim true. Carrey. Oh, that's true. I mean, okay, I would take Jim Carrey over over Cumberbatch. I haven't seen the Cumberbatch movie, actually. I can't it, really say it, that. It, it's but, passable. But, I mean, like, the original animated, you know. Yeah. My brain didn't die while watching it, so it's passable. Come on. My the, the, eyes the, rolled. Yeah. Not a Grinch Soul. How, oh, how yeah. Grinch, I think it's on other, other people's lists. He was an outcast yeah, yeah. by his own choice versus, like, yeah, the exactly. Grinch was actually, like, Hated. Yes, yeah. right. Um, to, as an aside, better to come a batch Grinch. Not a great movie. However, it is way better than Minions. Mm. Ooh. Oh, God. Okay. Minions. All right. I, I, uh, sidebar, I hate the Minions. I hate. I fucking hate Minions so much. They suck. Me too. Anyways. Anyway. Right. The Minions are not for you guys. They are for children. I... But then why do Facebook... Why do 40-year-old moms use them in Facebook memes? <laughs> for the children. I don't understand. Fucking wacky. There's a big valley. It's like it comes back again when you're in your 60s. Oh, I, I, I feel I am the man child watching kids' animated movies in my late 20s. I feel like, well, whatever. It's, yeah, mean, you're right. I no, mean, no, Mitchell's right. They're not for me. But. Yeah, they're not for me either. And yet I would much rather watch God knows how many Land Before Time movies, including yes. all the ones yeah, that came Yeah, but those after. were more for you. Not the ones after a certain point. After a certain point, sure. Okay. Like nine. Okay, I thought we were talking about Christmas movies. I bet there's a Land Before Time Christmas special. How? I bet there is. Probably. I bet there is. They're not going to call it that. They're going to call it, like, 
the the white cold day. The day of life. No, the day of cold air. Because <laughs> that's what they call everything. Yeah. We have gone way off the rails. Anyways, so what what did I get through so far? I got Rudolph. How did we finish still Christmas animated. classics? And then I'm gonna be that guy and say Die Hard is a Christmas movie, There's and a Christmas it's movie. a lot of fun. I I mean like whether you believe it or not, I've watched it countless times during Christmas time. I saw it in theaters at a, at my, or my local indie theater for my hometown. That was a lot of fun. Nice. An easy a movie to watch like that I can just watch countless times. It's so good. And then my probably my favorite of like I would say quote unquote modern Christmas movie is Elf. And uh, I know how that feel. I know how uh, some people never feel about that. Mm. But honestly like one of the, probably more one of the more recent like movies that come, I feel like it was like early two thousand something like that mid two thousand three between two thousand three I gotta tell you when I was in high school so that was two thousand five to two thousand nine uh, my senior year right before like winter finals we had a week of nothing in choir and camp or whatever whatever science I took uh, there was a day where everything was done before we went to winter break. And in six of my eight classes, we watched Elf as far as we could go. Ugh. Whoa, that's not good. So Elf sucks. Thank so like, you, so you God. watch, you watch it. So hold on, hold on. You watch this Elf as far as you could go, as in you started it over from the beginning again yeah. every time, every single time. Yeah. I feel like if you did that from for any movie, it you would be yeah. terrible. You've never had a substitute, or it's just like, all right, today we're gonna watch those Moses Jones. And you uh, the worst, the, wor- the worst, yep. the worst case of that was. Uh, I watched the beginning of Stand and Deliver three times in one day. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh at Stand, Stand and Deliver. Deliver. Yeah, no, they were, yes, oh, they, yeah, okay. I watched the beginning of that, like, so. And, yeah, and I that's... watched Elf six times uh, and stopped at the same spot. And, oh, like, my God. What did you stop at, personally? It was probably, what, 23 minutes in or something? Like, well, 40 minutes, no, whatever. 48 I don't minutes. 40 yeah, it was minutes. 40 minutes in, so that was probably the snowball fight, maybe? Oh, Jesus, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe the snowball fight. I've never watched Elf more than once in a day, so maybe I can't comment on the quality of repeat, ha- yeah. partial repeat viewings, but... I don't know. I, I would never... So it's so it's annoying. So, yes. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, I'll quote, like, uh, bye, Andre. <laughs> Hope you find your dad. Yeah, you said that to me. That's right. I thought you'd be on my side directly because of that. I literally thought, like, oh, Mike probably likes this movie even though Jill hates it. It's fine. Nope, <laughs> I hate it. Can I just make it clear? I do not despise Elf. Existence. It's, it's just if someone's like, we're gonna watch a Christmas movie. This is gonna be a day where we get some boozy eggnog. We'll pop some popcorn. I need to be very Okay, okay, okay. It to won't be, be out. To be clear, that is not the movie that I would suggest in that scenario. The movie I would suggest, okay, is the, a Christmas story. That is my favorite Christmas movie. And I have now seen far, this movie far and away. I've Christmas, seen it. The Christmas story is pretty phenomenal. I yeah. I make a point to watch it every Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um, I think that is just to me. I mean, I grew up with it, obviously, and. To me, it's just the perfect distillation of the anticipation and excitement over getting a specific present yeah. for Christmas and that kind of childhood, boyhood wonder about that. Okay. Um, yeah, I can watch that movie over and over and over and over and over again. Fills me with joy every time. Nice. Uh, that brings us to Jill. Yeah. All right. So mine is kind of a bit of a freestyle. I know what my top, uh, my number one is, so I'm going to start with five, but, that, but please be aware that... Only the last one is really, like, the best, in my opinion. Okay. So, number five, The Family Man with Nicolas Cage. This is a 2000 film. It is a, about a guy who gets to see the life he could have had had he tr- gone a different direction in his life. It is a very good performance from Nicolas Cage. He, you know, you, you see him at the beginning as being this rich, larger-than-life guy. <laughs> he sings opera because he okay. can. And then he... Is cro- it actually Nicolas Cage singing? Yep. 
I believe it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm on board. Good for him. He was around his very wealthy apartment in New York singing opera and is friends with all the rich people. Hmm. And then he stops off at, I think, a CVS. There's a guy who's trying to rob the place. And Nicolas Cage offers him money instead. And the guy is like, you know, I'm going to let you, I'm going to grant you a wish of some kind. And the next yeah. morning, Nicolas Cage wakes up in New Jersey, married to, I cannot remember her name. Uh, Tia Leone's character and they have like a four-year-old daughter an infant son he's Nicolas Cage is not a wealthy stocks person I can't remember what it is um he is just a local family guy and he spends half the movie trying to get his life back Mm -hmm. because he doesn't know how to do it and then halfway through he starts to realize like the life that he could have had isn't so bad and it's just really it's a nice progression of the character and Nicolas Cage is just wacky enough that it really works where you feel nice. those, like, intense longing for the posh life. But then when he's finally getting comfortable with the life he is now living, he's really enjoying it. Okay. Um, and I like the way that it, it has a really good ending. It, he does wake up in his normal life again um, towards the end. And he has a chance encounter with uh, T. Leone's character. And they reminisce about the life they could have had. And they kind of leave it on a not ambiguous note. But they meet up, and they're in the film ends with them talking. Oh, nice. So maybe the life that they had could happen. Yeah. Mm. Um, number four is going to be White Christmas. This is Great. a kind of a rate like a me and my mom film. My mom does not love anything Christmas related, but she loves this movie. Um, Bing Cosby, Danny Kaye, um, uh, George Clooney's uh, something uh, Rosemary Clooney there we go yeah. and then I can't remember the other lady but she's a fantastic dancer um, I love musicals from the 40s into the early 50s and then I kind of stopped loving them into the mid 60s and then I really love them in the 70s um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is just a great musical the dancing is absolutely fantastic some of the songs are absolutely memorable Memorable besides White Christmas and the story is just nice. Bing Cosby and Danny Kaye are two former guys from World War II who start a song and dance com- song and dance act. They become rather famous. They find out that their old general um, has a cabin up in Vermont, so they decide to go see him, but he's kind of fallen on hard times. So they're like, let's move the show from New York, and we'll put on a benefit in a way for the general, and we'll invite all the guys from the old battalion, and it'll be great. Uh, you know, the, the general finds out and he misunderstands. He's like, I don't want your pity. Mm-hmm. So it's a show within a show going on. You've got Rosemary Clooney and her f- sister also up there. They're a vaudeville act and they get roped into this. And it's just, it's really nice. And It's, it's a fun little movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a fun little movie. If you have uh, parents or grandparents who want to watch something, but you don't want to show them something obnoxious like Elf. Oh my god. (laughs) It's a fun movie. Jesus, that dancing Christ. What you do. And yes, I know I've invoked the ire of the internet by saying I think Elf is obnoxious. Number. That was four. Number three. Let me look at my past thing. Number three is going to be um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Another Rankin Bass. Stop motion animation. Fred Astaire as the singing postman and the narrator. It's fantastic. You have Mickey Rooney as um, Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. You got catchy songs like One Foot in Front of the Other. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. It's great. Love it. Yeah. Um, two, The Holiday. Gotta have a holiday rom-com. I the love holiday. this movie. 
Oh, you know the what? Holiday. This is the only one on probably everyone's list that hasn't mentioned to Hanukkah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yep, there's some Hanukkah in there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, for those who are not familiar with it, it is Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. These two women have been kind of had a rough time with love, so they decide to trade homes, doing a kind of an Airbnb situation. So Kate Winslet goes to California and lives in Cameron Diaz's house. She's a movie trailer producer. Kate, uh, Cameron Diaz goes to this quaint little cottage in the outskirts of, I think, Surrey is where they are. Okay. Mm. Takes over Kate Winslet's life. And they both meet men, and, you know, Cameron Diaz falls for Kate Winslet's brother, um, played by uh, Jude Law. Kate Winslet strikes up a really great, positive friendship with Jack Black's character, Miles, who's a soundtrack composer. And they both kind of rediscover their agency, discover love can be a good thing Mm -hmm. when it's reciprocated and it's a positive, healthy relationship. There's a really great, sweet side plot with Kate Winslet and a old school Hollywood movie director or writer, movie writer. It's great. Soundtrack is amazing. I think it's Hans Zimmer or James Warner. It's Hans Zimmer. It's Hans Zimmer. It's like uh, I was taken aback when Hans Zimmer's name showed up at the beginning. It it does not sound like a Hans. It's a Nancy Meyer special. So go into it expecting impeccable kitchens and homes that actually feel real. Okay. Um, Great movie. So that was three, right? Sure. Two. 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 That was two. Number one has to be Muppets Christmas Carol. Muppets. Besides the fact that I just love my Muppets. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Really brings it. He's great. Yes. Like, say that. Michael (laughs) Caine (laughs) delivers an Oscar-worthy and Tony-worthy performance (laughs) as Ebenezer Scrooge. He's famously has been quoted telling Brian Henson, who directed the film, I'm not going to do anything Muppety. I'm going to play it straight as if this is part of the Shakespeare company. And he absolutely does... The way that they tell the story is one of the... I've seen breakdowns of, like, different, you know, let's compare all the, the Christmas uh, uh, Christmas Carol stories. It's actually considered to be one of the more fateful interpretations of it because of just having the medium to play around with how the ghosts look. Mm. Like, most of the... All oh, of the Marley ghosts are Muppets. Marley. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have them in there. I love that. Um, That's one of my favorites. And, of course, they had to have Fozzie be Fozzywig. Yes. Fuzzy, yeah, Fozzie Wig. Wig. Couldn't pass that one up. God, that's um, too perfect. Yep. And it's just, it's a great story. There is, there is a song that was cut out, and I believe they're bringing it back. So if you grew up with the VHS version, there is a song, When Love Is Gone, that doesn't exist in the uh, Disney Plus version, I believe. If you have the anniversary DVD like I do, um, there's a full screen and a widescreen, and you only can see the the, the song in the full screen. Um, Interesting. But it's it's absolutely great. Uh, Jim Henson, unfortunately, had already passed on when this film was created. So Steve Whitmore, I believe, is the voice of Kermit. Hmm. He does a great job. And it just, it fills me with joy every year. I can watch this movie until the day I die. I will never be sick of it. I probably could quote half the film at this point. <laughs> and it's just, you know, it, it is a classic. I feel like everybody has their own version of the, A Christmas Carol that they gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it is The Muppets Christmas Carol. Nice. Mitchell? Yeah, buddy. Um, so with me, I'll say this. Like, if Basic Bitch had a Christmas movies list, this would be it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Here we go. Is the holiday on there? I forgot your nickname was Basic <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> the holiday is not on there, but I'll say this. So I have four that are pretty basic. And then okay. the fifth 
I'm throwing a curveball for the sake of the fact that I'm win, you know, I'm going third, and I want to liven this up a little bit in terms of conversation of what is defined as a movie. Uh-oh. So what is defined for, as a movie? Well, just for this, for the sake of this podcast with HBO Max throwing all their, you know, all the Warner Brother movies on there, mm. I'm of the belief that we are living in a world where streaming is going to be the thing that defines how media is made, and then therefore movies as we know them today are going to go away. There's a whole conversation about how technology has dictated the length of movies and the in t- the ways that the uh, film has been produced and made for years. That is a completely different topic. But for now, <laughs> here's my Christmas list. Um, Christmas Vacation, by far and away, number one, okay? Everything else could be in whatever order. Christmas Vacation is my all-time favorite Christmas movie. Chris Wald. Uh, that, that's that National Lampoon's one, correct? Yes. <laughs> It is the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm. It hurts me when you say that. I had to say yeah. it for the audience. No, you didn't have to say it for the audience. The audience has seen it. You haven't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have, yeah, we should fix that. You're right. That's true. I'll say this. This is, I think, not only the best vacation movie. It might be the best uh, Chevy Chase movie. It might be the best Chevy Chase project, even including his SNL days. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say it. But, you know, for someone from... Um, you know, it was born in the 90s. And I didn't see this, obviously, in theaters when it initially came out. Right. But this is the movie that I have seen probably the most of any Christmas movie ever. I pop it in um, every December, and I probably end up watching it at least five times before Christmas is here. You know, so it is very much my cup of cocoa, you know, wrapped blanket kind of movie, just enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I have seen Animal House. That's my National Lampoon's property. That's, that's a good one, but yeah. yeah. Not a Christmas movie, but a great movie at that, for sure. Mm. Uh, and I'll say this, as a caveat for the rest of this list and how it's going to go, and Christmas Vacation definitely sets the tone here, but for me, I went about this list choosing things that I thought reminded me of Christmas and you know, movies that I legitimately watched during the Christmas season, and specifically watching those movies when I was a kid because ultimately my Christmas memories are all about when I was a kid you know like anytime I was past maybe 16 there wasn't any memorable oh my god I got that gift or whatever kind of like what we get in Christmas Story right with the uh, mm-hmm. with the red with the, the, rifle. the, the yeah red, the red, red BB action yeah yeah action, exactly. this whole thing but yes the rifle for me that speaks a huge amount as to how I remember and take in Christmas as a feeling and as a holiday um, so keep that in mind as I'm going through the rest of this list. So Christmas Vacations, number one. Uh, number, again, these are not in order. The second thing I'm going to mention is A Christmas Story, just like Andre. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's TNT or TBS. Uh, they have it on repeat as soon as Christmas Eve starts, I believe. Mm. And it's a 24-hour Christmas Story marathon. This specifically ties into me and my dad. Uh, me and him love this movie. We will watch it nonstop. My stepmom, Kim, hates it and i get it i get why you hate it the rah 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 at the end pisses me off to this day yeah but overall andre i think you nailed it when you said it kind of speaks to the um the the feeling of what it's like as a kid knowing that christmas is coming and there's that one gift that you can't wait to unwrap um and that is you know in a lot of ways you know kind of brings that warm feeling about the entire season together you know um, and then How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original. See, he um, clarified. Yep. Uh, no shade <laughs> to the uh, Jim Carrey movie, because I actually think it's pretty 
good. I'm not going to lie. I think yeah. it's pretty good. And the way it elaborates on the greater Grinch story, um, I think is pretty fun. And then I've never seen the, the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch one, so I can't comment on that. Um, and then another one, uh, Jill's favorite, Elf. Um, it's, <laughs> it's one of those movies for me, and I get it. It's, it's not everyone's cup of tea, especially when it comes to Christmas um, movies. But I'll say this, you know, I think this is the movie where I was a kid and I had witnessed a uh, what end up would end up being like in the Christmas canon um, when it first premiered. You right. know what I mean? Right. No, that's like definitely like all of my of my top five. That's the only one that I watched in theaters when it came out. Right. So. Exactly. And that's the only one in this list for me as well, where I had that experience and RIP to the movie going experience, maybe. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh. Ouch. I definitely hold a special um, spot for that in my heart as well. So Elf, I absolutely love. Here's my curveball. Okay. Ready. Uh, I had gone through this list and granted I did this right before you put on the podcast. Um, I was going through lots of different websites had like their top, 50 Christmas movies just to get some ideas and I was scrolling past movies that I legitimately love and some I would even put you know within my top 10 the year it came out so uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang um, one website categorized uh, Little Women as a Christmas okay yeah Little Women as a movie was probably number two to Parasite for me last year Mm. maybe number three um, and I don't consider it a Christmas movie. Like, I just don't engage with it in that way. And same thing with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, same thing with Die Hard, even though it's set during Christmas and all that. <laughs> We're it in a fight. My childhood, it doesn't make me think of Christmas in that way. Fair enough. So, I... Everything has been movies at this point. I'm breaking the rules here, and I am picking Hey Arnold, Arnold's Oof. Christmas from season... Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> all right. This is 20th episode, and granted, every episode, like, if you were to watch Hey Arnold, there's two episodes per viewing. Yeah. So this is really the 10th. Wow, this is really, this is really only, like, like, wow, okay, I thought this was, like, a well-matured Hey Arnold episode, like, I figured it was, was like, third or fourth season. This is, like, first or second season. Wow, okay, man. Yeah, this is from the first season, this is their first crack at a Christmas episode. That's crazy, okay. 97. And for those who don't know, Arnold lives in a boarding house um, with a variety of people with all different backgrounds. And this particular episode, and it may be the first one that centers around Mr. Wynn. I think it is. Uh, the Vietnamese immigrant. And for the first time in the series, we actually get a background as to how he got to the boarding house and the life and the family that he left behind in Vietnam. And what's crazy is in his background, he was actually in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. And yeah. there was a point where um, where he had lived was being evacuated, and uh, U.S. soldiers were coming in, and Mr. Wynn had a daughter. And um, fearful for her life, um, he handed his daughter to a U.S. soldier and helicoptered her away, hopefully to a better life in America. That was his hope. And ever since he immigrated to the States, he had never seen her since. He had only seen her as a kid. Like, I'm talking like two years old, maybe. Um, And that is where the episode starts. And uh, just to put this in further context, in the boarding house, they were doing a secret Santa in this this episode. And Arnold drew Mr. Wynn. And he wanted to actually get something sentimental. Um, 
and very personal to him for this uh, Christmas gift. So he wanted, um, so he sat down, talked with him, not asking directly what you want for Christmas, uh, just basically trying to learn more about him. Right. We his story, and he, uh, Arnold and his best friend Gerald, who has the greatest hairdo in all of cartoons. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Uh, go out and try to find Mr. Wynn's daughter. Um, and then you get this subplot about Helga um, and trying to get some boots. really high-end boots. Yeah, anyway. Uh, both of those storylines uh, come together at the end in a, um, in a nice, poignant way. And um, that's all I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not sure where we can watch Hey, Ar- hey Arnold these right. days, but I'm sure it Maybe is somewhere... Too in this universe, if not on Project Free TV. The, I'm sure. yeah. I, I have to say, Nickelodeon in the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. really went, whenever they had their Christmas specials, they were always really, really good. There was all of the other reindeer, which was based on a book that I drew Barrymore as a dog who mishears Santa. When he says, like, all of the other reindeer, she hears Olive. There's the Harold one. Yeah. There's multiple Rugrats, because, uh, which can't stand out for me, because Tommy, his mom, Dee Dee, is Jewish. So there's a Rugrats Christmas special, uh, Rugrats Hanukkah special, Spongebob had a few really good Christmas ones. I mean, so funny enough, this, so this episode that Mitchell's talking about, like, I, they came up, like, I I think like the Nickelodeon's Facebook page has been putting up old clips of Hey Arnold, like on this day in 96, like we found out, you know, like, like we, 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 like Hey Arnold did this or whatever. And the clip from that episode, like especially the flashback to the the intro of uh, like the Vietnam scenes, like. I saw that, and then it super cuts to the end of the episode, which I guess I won't spoil, but I was like, wow, this show, super emotional. Like, Mm -hmm. I did not know what I had when I was a little, like, I was, okay, I guess I was probably three when this episode came out, so I watched it on reruns, but, like, I I was less than ten, you know, and it's like, man, like, this very, super touching story, so I think that's an excellent pick. Yeah, no, hats off to you. I would have, like... I should have pressed you a bit more on, like, parameters of movies. Rules are meant to be broken. They are meant to be broken. And I will say that there are a lot of good TV specials out there, either that are normal-length episodes or maybe they're, you know, a little extra. Can we go back to the rules? I never have rules. (laughs) Like, as much as we're talking about it, like, I come up with an idea and just say, hey, do I look like an idiot if I suggest this? And then you guys are like, yeah, let's do this. And then you go, okay, so what are the rules? Fuck, I know. <laughs> Literally, the rules are meant to be broken. So that I think that's a great pick, Mitchell. I really do. Um, what, what else you got? You got one more, I think, right? No, so that was it. So okay. just recap, I had Christmas Vacation, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original, Elf, A Christmas Story, and then Arnold's right. Christmas, episode, or season one, episode 20 of the Hey Arnold TV series. Still that's wild right. that that's the first season. Crazy. Yeah. Amazing. What a good show. I'm now, like, looking up other Christmas ones, because I think Tiny Toons also had a really good Christmas Oh, yeah. Special. Oh, yeah. Tiny Toons was Jill, great. Jill, one that I was thinking about picking yeah. was In Excelsis Deo from West Wing. Ah! In Excelsis Deo. Oh, we, we watched, I watched that episode, yes, right? Yes, that's See, also a very good Christmas TV episode. So we cannot talk about it because Andre has not gotten there. My personal okay. favorite West Wing Christmas episode is Noel, which... Yeah, Noel's yeah. Uh, brilliant as well. And yeah. special shout out to the one with Toby's father in later seasons with the Whiff and Poofs. Yeah, I will say, having having watched... Having watched In Excess Dio, is that In the... Excess Dio. Yeah, that great episode. Yeah, great, and for a first, great episode of TV. Another good, like, this is just the first season, and yes. wow. Damn. Well... I have nothing poignant. Mine's, <laughs> mine's like all goofy. 
Um, we're my top five, and I will go in order from five to one because okay. one is the most the most Christmas. Okay. Um, number five, I had uh, Polar Express. Oh, oh, like the Zemeckis film? Yeah, like the Zemeckis film. Okay, I actually really enjoyed that. A lot of people don't like, but I I know. I enjoy that one. Okay, it's it made me feel like reminiscent of childhood. Like it's that nostalgia feeling. Sure, it's got Mandark in it. Does it does have Mandark? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Number four was Charlie Brown Christmas. Okay, classic. Who doesn't love it? Who doesn't? Um, And then number three is going to be a little bit of a spoiler for uh, the rest of my list, probably. Uh, Number three is Die Hard Two. Yeah. What's so good about Die Hard 2? Because uh, it get, has the guy from NYPD Blue, and it's funny watching him and uh, Bruce Willis go after each other. What? It does. <laughs> so I can't believe... Funny. So are you... <laughs> go for I it. I have ever envisioned, uh, or like had in my mind's eye, the image of the guy from NYPD Blue since I was like maybe 10 years old. So I really want to thank you for bringing back, like, wow, the power of memory... I can actually, I know exactly who you're talking he about. He was Mike. the guy for NYPD Blue. Yeah. I never watched NYPD Blue. I know so I have if, if you saw a commercial for NYPD Blue, even if you never watched the show, you watched a preview of the next episode, you know the guy. Mm. He Absolutely. was, he's Danny DeVito before Danny DeVito. Oh, much. okay. So if no, I type wait, in NYPD. Danny DeVito predates him. Danny DeVito predates him. Danny DeVito predates and postdates him. And what's this man's name? This great man of NYPD Blue. Uh, you tell me, I'll remember it. Blue is first name NYPD. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Last name Blue. Is it John David Car- Caruso? Dennis Franz. Wow, that Dennis does, Franz is, I think, the winner. He, wow, he does look like Danny DeVito. Holy shit! Yeah, click Dennis Franz. I think Dennis that's Franz. him. Yeah, wow. yeah, that's him. Okay, yeah, Dennis so Franz. Die Hard okay. Two. I love the fact that yes, it's probably spoiled that you have two Die Hards on this. Oh, one hundred percent. So did you name secretly Jake Peralta? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I relate a lot to Jake Peralta. Yeah. Uh, number two is Christmas Vacation. Okay. Chicago classic. Um, oh, Clark Griswold. Is amazing. Um, the best character I think Chevy Chase. I'm I'm with you on that. I think it's the best character Chevy Chase has ever done. Uh, is Clark Griswold, and that that goes for all the Vacation movies, but especially Christmas Vacation. Mm. National Lampoon's Vacation is close to Christmas Vacation, but Christmas Vacation takes the cake. Okay. Uh, and Christmas Vacation Two is a pile of shit. I didn't even realize there was a second one. Yeah, it's uh, Randy Quaid is the main character. Oh. Just to give you an idea of how... The, the drop of quality. Yes, yeah. the drop of quality. <laughs> and, like, Randy Quaid is in Christmas Vacation 1 as Cousin, um, cousin Eddie. Mm. And, Eddie. yeah, Shitter's Full. That, if you know that line, that is Cousin Eddie. Mm. That uh, is... That's like one of the most quotable lines that me and my dad have with each other. 100%. I do the uh, let there be light whenever I light the Christmas tree. Let there be light. Is that where the cat dying comes from? Uh. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there's, a, there's a cat. He's not dead, but he's in a box. Yes. And supposed to be presented as a Christmas gift. Yes. Oh. Didn't put any holes in the box. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is a series that's known. Like in oh, Christmas yeah. Vacation, or in regular Vacation, they killed the grandma. Like, it, it is dark humor. Dark humor. <laughs> oh, we should watch it. So you haven't seen it? No. We should watch it. Yeah. Randy Quaid, by the way. Randy Quaid, yes. He is an Oscar nominee. For what? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, what did he get nominated? Back in 1974, he earned a Best Actor in a Supporting Role nomination for The Last Detail. I had never seen I'd it. i never seen it. Man. I've never, never heard, heard of it. Heard of it. <laughs> but I looked it up on IMDb, and oh my God, he has an Oscar nomination. Wow. Good for Randy. Good for, yeah. Good for him. 
Uh, and that brings us to our final one, which I'm guessing you guys all can guess. Say it with me. Paul Blart Mall Cop? Is that guy. Is that even a does that even take place during Christmas? <laughs> sorry, I didn't company Myers. I think two is during two Christmas. Is? Okay, great. So Paul Blart two. Oh, no, there's Paul Blart two. Yeah. Yes. Why can't I can't even remember his name. Paul, Paul Blart. Mall Cop. Paul Blart. Mall Cop. Not his favorite. Movie. Paul Mall Cop Blart. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I don't know. Die Hard. Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It will always be a it Christmas is. movie. It is the Christmas movie that gets me in the holiday spirit. Nothing better. Uh, nothing brings Christmas joy like watching uh, Hans Gruber fall off the uh, Nagatomi Plaza. That's right. They're, they're nothing. And nothing better. Uh, do you have a good drinking game for this? There is a drinking game out there. Um, I have not taken part, but I, I would be pretty in board. Mm. I, was, uh, I, I was exposed to the Christmas story last year with the Christmas story drinking game. Nice. Yeah. And, yeah. uh it, it is deadly. No, it'll get you. Yeah. It'll get you sloshed. I, the diehard one that I know of probably would do some damage. I would say particularly the reason why I'm particularly fond of Die Hard as a Christmas movie is because, and I think I mentioned it briefly, but I watched it at a, like a, the like you know like the indie theater yeah. in my hometown for Christmas, and that's I don't know like that's probably why like seeing it in theaters, seeing Hans Gruber fall off the Nakatomi it's Tower so, Plaza so in, in 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 on the silver screen, something to behold. Yeah, in Christmas time, no less. It, it, it's phenomenal. Like it, it literally might be one of my favorite movies ever, let alone Christmas movie. Uh, but yeah, Die Hard. It's it's got to take the spot. It just has to. Classic. If if it doesn't, then I'm I'm. There's something seriously wrong with me. <laughs> if the Terminator calls and asks what my favorite Christmas movie is, and I say anything besides Die Hard, I'm dead. <laughs> I think we can all agree on an honorable mention to an, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, I wasn't sure where to categorize that. Nope. Uh, it's hard for me because I always see I, I always see it as a Halloween movie. It's, it's it's not a both movie. It's a it, Halloween movie. It's a Christmas and Halloween movie. To, to, to me, I mean, again. Because Kingdom Hearts, it's all in Halloween Town, so I treat, feel like yes. Halloween. Some of it. No, 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 no. I know. Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 2, you go to Christmas Town. Thank you. But, but in KH1, it's all Halloween Town. Yes, all Halloween. Halloween. That's why it's cool. Wait, so, how, as a pod, how are we voting? Because I know this is something we put out on Twitter. So, we put it out on Twitter, and there's two different polls out there. Um, the, the Twitter poll has both as the leader in the clubhouse. The Instagram poll, because I could only put two choices, I put Halloween or Christmas, and Halloween... Took the cake. Oh, there you go. So, wow. yeah, it's right. it's both according to if we give them four choices, which is Halloween, Christmas, both or neither. How about three choices? Christmas, Halloween, both. No. There's people that have voted neither. It's just a movie. Um, but yeah, so listeners, if you have thoughts and opinions on where yeah the Nightmare Before Christmas falls in the holiday calendar, please write comment. And subscribe while you're doing so. Uh, we have wow. a Linktree website. Um, Linktree is, honestly, this is the best thing. It's a free little service. If you go to our Linktree, it gives you every link available. So it's like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Twitter, Facebook. Like, you can find us. All of us. Where we can, everywhere you can find us in one spot. Exactly. Like okay. It's got CastBox, Luminary, uh, Pod Chasers. It's literally everything. Um, and just give us a listen. Give us a comment on our Facebook, Twitter, whatever, uh, Instagram. Um, yeah, you guys have been phenomenal. We're really glad that you've been listening, um, especially to this holiday-themed episode, yeah. it seems like. Um, yeah, we have some fun things planned for 2021. 
Because I think that's the next time we're going to have an Most likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're hanging out on New Year's and we get bored and we're like, let's just watch a movie, uh, I'm sure I can dredge something up from this brain of bad things to watch. Oh, we could definitely make something happen. I, I've got plenty of options, too. Like, Sweet. Yeah, we can make this happen. But I'll bring my recording equipment just in case we decide to. But uh, thank you guys for listening. So that'll do it for Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? I've been your host, Mike. Andre. Jill. Mitchell. Thank you guys very much for listening. Are you game for a movie? Die Hard is a Christmas movie, you bastard!